0: Welcome to Security with Spirits, an Oak Barrel security podcast. I'm Jason.
1: This has been Jonathan. And Tony. We'll tell you what to drink while we tell you why we drink.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Tonight, I attempted to drink a a new drink. So I picked up a bottle of Stone. I hope I'm saying that right. It uh, looked very fancy. Store's store was promoting it very much. And... It's the sherry cask finish edition. I'm like, oh, this would be nice. I popped the cork and it smelled like apple juice, which concerned me. And I poured a little bit and it tasted like apple juice. And I let it sit for a few days and I came back to it and now it smells like, the, uh, like a grade school janitor closet. So uh, I think that one's a pass for me. So while I find something else, Ben, what are you drinking? <laughs> Note to self. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Last week I had the Talsker Neat and uh, the, today I'm having it straight up, trying to drink it. I've been smelling it sitting in the glass in front of me, it still has that kind of unique peat smell to it. I would say the chilling effect um, mutes it a little bit, but doesn't doesn't do too much to cover the, that briny flavor. What do you have, Jonathan?
3: I've got a glass of S.E. Callahan's Black Label Bourbon again. I went to the bar and I'm like, this is just a classic go-to now. It's just so smooth. It's got a strong oaky smell to it and just, I love it. So uh, I've, got, I've got it up neat. Tony, what do you have on the menu for us tonight?
1: I took the night off. I outsourced my job to uh, AI tonight. I let uh, Chad GBT write the signature cocktail. So, I, uh, I present to you the Oak Barrel. Hey, I need a drink. I asked it to write a recipe for a, a whiskey cocktail in the style of a classic cocktail with a, uh, with a new spin. It came up with a whiskey sour with the addition of honey syrup instead of uh, a traditional simple syrup and a quarter ounce of absinthe, which I, I would have never thought to do. Turns out it's pretty good. So, you know ai bartenders they're on the way you can get the recipe and the description written entirely by ai on our website oakbarrelsecurity.com if you would like to talk to a real human you can actually leave us a voicemail now at 234-201-0707 we'd love to hear from you
0: that's awesome so
2: what did you actually ask
1: it was as simple as please write a recipe for a whiskey cocktail It should be in the style of classic cocktails, but with a new spin.
0: Wow. Well, cheers to our robot overlords. Cheers to them. And what a great segue for today's episode. We are talking about AI. What can it do? How can it help us out? Uh, I have had some experience with it over the past couple weeks. We forgot to have
1: ChatGPT write the script for this episode. (laughs)
0: That's right. (laughs) We're helpless without AI. So one of the things that I I have been doing is I've been anytime that I have something that uh, like a PowerShell, Python script, something like that, that I need to write instead of me sitting down coding it myself, I open up. AI, I toss it in there, the request in there, and then I take the code. And because I'm a trust but verified person, I always throw it into my sandbox first, I run it there, and then you know, kind of debug it or whatever, and then tweak it a little bit, throw it into the live environment and see how how she does. And I don't think that we're gonna be replaced by AI anytime soon. It's certainly a nice tool to have around. There's, there's a lot of things that need to be shaped and adjusted to, to your unique environment. Does, has anybody else put it to the test or had this experience?
1: Yeah, so particularly regarding coding, I was listening to Led, Lex Friedman talk about this. He's an AI researcher. And, you know, originally I was thinking ChatGPT just sucked in the internet and, you know, so any code was just, you know, snippets that it had already seen. Mm-hmm. It turns out that originally it was not intended to produce code at all. It didn't, it wasn't even consuming code snippets. They added that consumption of of coding information in order to have it better understand human language.
2: Hmm. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know any, other, any coding language, languages that are not written in English and use English like write what you say type things like yeah uh, of course the like c you know will have its own key command words and things but most languages use a select this you know establish this kind of thing and i could see that helping to understand procedural responses and things like that that's one thing about that i would actually expect AI to improve. It's like, have you seen, uh, you've seen Beautify where you can put a lump of code in and it'll, you know, space it out nicely and, and tab it out and, yeah, make it more, much more legible. And I would hope that AI could perhaps, if you said, I need a script that does this, or it would be able to write out a code structure for you at least, get, Take out the keyboard scripting, writing or whatever, take out that busy work just getting it laid out and let you actually set your own variables and things like that as opposed to worrying too much about it, writing that part, writing the structure for the code in a nice, beautified way. That's a that's a good point.
0: Like that's I, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, like if you write out a policy on you know acceptable use or something like that, and throw it into an AI and, you, you know, clean this up a bit. Be interesting to see what it, what it produced.
3: I mean, I've used it on some things to uh, that I've written. It's like, can you enhance this or make it sound better or smarter per se? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's impressive what it'll come back with.
0: You know, it's like, well, I, I like
3: how that got worded out. It, it sounds better.
0: So can AI identify other AI? And the reason why I ask is what prevents somebody from throwing the resume in there and being like, "Make this look better." And then later on as you like mm-hmm. as you're going through resumes, can you chunk them into the AI and be like, "Which one was written by AI?"
1: <laughs> well, that was the deal with like um... plagiarism checkers. Exactly, yeah. So they're they're already doing that, I think.
2: Mm. Yeah, there's no way they have people checking that with As quickly right. as they turn around those things,
1: but but do you care if your if someone's resume is fluffed with AI?
0: Good point. Uh, would that be a would that be a step up or a step down? Would you keep them on the let's interview or in the trash can pile? Step up. If
2: in the, as long as it came back, maybe they aren't the best at summing up their points. If <laughs> it did a good job of. Focusing on the critical information and such, I could see it being actually very helpful for some people to like. Here are my skills. Get to the point with them, (laughs) or maybe AI could be referencing things that like trends, you know, things like that to see what are employers looking for. Like,
0: yeah. And really, I'm not looking for a resume writer. So,
2: (laughs) yeah. Ultimately ai is is referential more than it is thinking on its own yeah. and so the more access like you could fine tune these things to serve the purposes you're looking for if you are a regular sql coder you might have it try to develop something and, and exp- or have one like your own pet like a tamagotchi ai that you take <laughs> and you feed nothing but but sql related items and, and knowledge, and perhaps it helps you, while uh, you you still have to do the bulk of the creating, it actually helps you with the, the busy work.
1: Another thing I've noticed is an uh, incredible ability to take any content and change the tone or make it mimic a different style. I can give it some information and have it, you know, write a newsletter article. I can take that same prompt and change it to say, Now put this in the format of a podcast script. Now put this in the format of a podcast script with a humorous tone. And that same information, it will spot on change the tone, change the style.
2: Put this into a sonnet. Put this into a Shakespearean sonnet.
0: (laughs) That's impressive. Well, what applications do we think that, what applications do we see in the security world that we could use it? Either for blue teaming or red teaming,
2: uh, definitely, as far as a red team perspective, I s- could see it as a tool because there's always like there's always a batch of things you're going to do first, right? And if you said, please take this data and, and run the initial like probe and and logging commands or something like that and export into a legible format detailing things, and then you could cross reference that and. i I could definitely see automated uh, almost pen testing and vulnerability testing things like that i could see that being very handy because it would take a lot of the work of creating your own set of scripts and making sure that you constantly update them if it could ever evolve those those processes and let you spend less time sculpting that out and more time actually analyzing that would be an application as far as the red team I could see being very beneficial.
1: John Strand made the case against that the other day even pointing out that for PCI compliance you have to have a pen test done by a human making the case that basically any automated pen testing is, is really just a vulnerability scan plus known exploits.
2: That's true I, I wouldn't say it would be the the whole thing but it would take A good chunk of the time out of getting to the point in which you start to be creative does that make sense
1: absolutely yeah get the get the basic groundwork out of the way
2: yeah it can create the footprint for you to start thinking okay how can i break this
3: do a lot of your own sense stuff
0: yeah
2: and in the the reverse of that in a blue team application you could take that same data and start thinking how do i protect this
0: would it do any like I don't know, I haven't tried any of it, but would it do any like log parsing or any, anything like that? I, I don't have any logs to throw in there or else I'd hop in and try it real quick.
2: <laughs> you could definitely, because a lot of our current systems that we try to put in place and try to advance have built-in structures because if we use standardized systems and standardized reporting formats, those things should be able to be parsed easier and across and cross-reference across multiple systems. And it could it could group patterns and and keywords and event codes and things like that together in a, in a way that you could develop strategies around. I could see that yeah. I'm, I'm very much in, in favor of it seems like these AI systems taking over the uh, the busy work portion and let me get to to thinking and and analyzing and
0: looking at the the result kind of thing. (laughs) I really think that's where it shines.
1: Well and one of the first things I thought of you know speaking of IT more in general was I mean you could easily replace your tier two service desk just taking in information answering I mean if you uh a little text to speech and chat GPT And you've got a frontline ticket taker, right? Right? Like you
2: get that a lot with (laughs) when you go to a site and you're looking at support, and a little bubble pops up Hey, I am Amanda. How may I help you? (laughs) You know, it's not a real person. (laughs) 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 Start asking, it just looks for keywords and searches its database for that and returns you the information. So I grabbed
3: some logs from like a Cisco ASA and dropped in there and asked it to parse and show uh, patterns and anything of interest. And it just popped up going, well, these logs look like it's from an an ASA, an adaptive security appliance firewall, (laughs) which you can look at access control for denying or permitting network traffic or network address translation or connection events. So,
2: Mm. yeah. (laughs) yeah,
0: I I, I can bet
2: though. (laughs) that at the moment, some of that is being controlled in a way to avoid legal implica- implications.
1: True. Oh, for sure. God, the and, and, and keep in mind, we're, you know, we're, we're working with a free version that mm-hmm. is a point stuck in time of, what, 2019, I think it was, 2020?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah there's got to be certain things they've got to cover for themselves. <laughs> In the, in the vein of replacing a tier two support, uh, when you say tier two, are you meaning like not the person on the phone who takes the call and maybe resets the password over, but whenever it comes to an issue that needs some basic investigation?
1: No, no, I was talking tier one, just the initial information gathering. You know, maybe you, if you could feed it your knowledge base or your back catalog of tickets, it could offer some simple suggestions. Um, you know future state for sure it could probably do better
0: yeah
2: as far as the technical aspects of the job we've seen some applications for that but what about applications in the people skill soft skill area would ai be able to replace some of our middle management positions is that something that middle managers should be worrying about
0: i think tony mentioned and it was a few like quite a few podcasts back about that, you know, just that like AI is positioned to do, to replace like some of the middle management. You're going to lose the human touch, but if there's somebody who's, uh, I mean, you're, you're not going to have a leader at that point. You're going to have somebody who's, who's simply going to give you task or create like, this is our, this is our goal. And, you know, keep pinging people. Hey, Clippy here. Looks like you haven't (laughs) finished your task. I mean, it can it can
1: surely write a schedule, uh, approve time cards, approve time off, you know, respond to some basic emails.
2: Yeah, on one side of it, you would have it would ping your underperformers and say and and maybe hold them accountable in a non-human touch way. But is it possible that it could also save your overperformers from themselves like it would have the ability to say no, where your level three support or, or architect or whatever would may not have that be have, be able to do that. It may be able to step in and pings it and says, hey, this is broken. We need you immediately and say, sorry, your lack of preparation does not create an emergency on my part. What about in that range?
0: Yeah, I mean, that I I guess if you fed it, like you'd have to have, I think, you'd have to have things well-defined because it it would be, you know, if it was something like if somebody was reporting maybe some suspicious activity or or something like that, uh, I don't know. It would, it would really have to, but
2: obviously you wouldn't want it to, to step in. It's on your people's primary function, which is protect, you know, investigate, react or whatever. But if there, is there a certain level that it could step in and say, Hey, we have a vendor showing up today that we've known about for weeks, but only just now telling you that we need you to do this and this for, could it, it could parse that out to, or triage that out to support level instead of them always going to this one person. I guess that'd be part of that managing a schedule.
0: Yeah. I think at that point it probably, I don't know. I think it would fall apart because if they're, if they're at that point to where they've brought in somebody and they've known for weeks that, IT needs to be involved and they not all told IT, they're more than likely gonna scream their way up the ladder until somebody makes IT do the work.
2: Then it's up to their AI to tell <laughs> our AI that <laughs> their AI will tell our AI that they have a vendor coming, and that will help us prepare keep us prepared and because you know we don't know what we're doing otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what about on the side for the the scammers and stuff out there so i see a lot of these uh, a lot of the the ai and stuff that they're they're talking about now is you know you put in code and it it speaks perfect it's just you know better than what i'm rambling right now or it can even do some like fake video stuff like that so the the kind of the tell that we had and this was years ago but kind of the tell that we had was like if you get an email that has a bunch of things misspelled or poor grammar or whatever, that's a, that's a sign and one of the the canaries that we can uh, identify.
1: No, we already know it's being used to write phishing emails. Yeah, yeah.
3: But what at what point is it worth it? Because of the back end hardware you got to have to support that level of AI to be able to generate that rich, deep content where it's producing video or audio where it's worth a scam true
1: that cost is going to come down i mean how much open source software is there to do deep fakes at this point yeah and 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 at that level you're doing fairly specific spear phishing right so it's probably worth it
0: so now is whenever we need to have our ai look at their (laughs) look at theirs And, like I was talking about earlier, be like, is this resume written by a robot? Well, now we can be like, is this email written by a robot? Of course, I'd shut down most of the sales emails as well. Oh, yes. Which <laughs> would be a <laughs> problem.
1: We'd already talked about, like, you know, just cutting off email, right? Because that's already the most notorious vector for malicious activity. And most people don't really know how to use it securely. So. Yeah. Uh, what I'm hearing is we just need to cut off all direct human-to-human interaction.
0: <laughs> I'll have your AI call my AI. It'll be it'll be great. What if their AI convinces our AI? Like, what if they have a really persuasive AI?
1: Right? What does social engineering look like in AI? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I have a feeling we're laughing about it now, but in like 20 years, we're going to be crying about it.
1: Yeah, this is absolutely gallows humor. They're coming for us. Okay, so going back to that point, one of the things I've heard people say is that it's not that AI is going to take your job, it's that people that know how to use AI are going to take your job.
0: Right. It's it's the exact same thing whenever they had the automated tellers come into, like, the grocery store and the fast food restaurants and stuff like that. It's, you're just raising the class of workers that you have. Yeah, or,
2: it, like, just automated people who work with automated tasking and scripting and things like that, and yeah, and it. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't know how to use PowerShell to <laughs> create accounts or you know, move accounts and organize accounts, you're at a disadvantage to the guy who does.
0: Yeah,
1: so is it going to be that you won't need to know PowerShell? You'll just need to know how to ask AI to produce the right uh, PowerShell, <laughs>
2: yeah. Or ask AI to do it for
0: you. <laughs> I
2: need to move all these users who are in this group to this.
0: Well, that's a that's a good point. I mean, think of the, not so much recently, but whenever search engines came out and people didn't know how to use search engines, people were using search engines. Like, like I remember seeing my, my parents trying to use a search engine the first time and they're like, hello, whatever search engine it was. <laughs> we would like to go out to a restaurant tonight. Which restaurant would you recommend? I'm like, oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just wish I'd have AI tell me what to eat for lunch. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you're exactly right. In those days, it was the people that knew how to ask the right question and put it in the right syntax that got the best results. Now, of yeah. course, you can do you know fairly dumbed down, ask Google anything, but... We're we're in those early days where you need to know how to just ask the right questions.
0: Yeah. Back in the day, like there there was like a you know, there was some syntax and there was some you could put some parameters on it to get uh get more defined results and everything. I think some of that stuff is around now still, but I just slam it into Google and hope for the best.
2: Oh, I watch a lot of Star Trek. And that's Leading into something that you see on there where they, they're like, computer, grab all these files and index them and look for any instances of this. And then they look at it. They're the ones who come up with the solutions, but they always ask the computer to put together all, this, all the items. Now, is that truly AI at that point? Or is that where our AI, in quotations, programs are at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's just a, a really good front-end interface for a search engine at this point right yeah
2: it's not truly intelligence
3: No, i mean it's it's meant to augment and assist us and allow us to be able to focus on more complex and creative tasks it allows us to think beyond the menial things that have to be done the way i'm
0: seeing it and there are some things that i'll i'll admit in the the two weeks or so that I was having it write code and everything else for me, there were some times that it would bring up something. And what's nice about it that that search engines don't have is you can ask it questions based on that. So there, there was yes. one code that I particularly um, requested and it came up and I was like, that's weird. Why would you ever do that? And I, just, I literally typed, I was like, why would you put that in that, this code? And he goes, well, this this piece of code allows it to process faster than just the normal code that you see here. So if you have a data set that's over like 2000 objects, this is going to process it in this much time compared to without it.
2: Like, Oh, okay. It's like a query analyzer. Yeah. When you
0: you're shaving down
2: micro or milliseconds on your query, it's, it's a <laughs> little fun.
0: It it was actually pretty helpful. I, I doubted it at first. I'm like, there's no way that, oh, oh, hey, that worked. All right, cool. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that Wednesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that ability to ask why is a pretty valuable educational tool. That makes a big difference.
3: Yeah. So I've threw some assignments in there, some that I'd given to college students. And the answers it come back with were to some degree were actually better than what some of the students gave me. <laughs> <laughs> but then I started dropping some of my son's math questions in there and the way it was generating the the feedback was like it really brought it down to the level of understanding and being able to comprehend it easier. And then you, again, like you've said, you've got the ability to go back and ask a question like, well, why is this and this? So that extra step's been nice.
0: Yeah. And I think really that's valuable because we I mean we can we can search for code on the internet and just you know throw it into whatever and just pray that it works but being able to actually know what we're doing that's that's valuable (laughs)
2: actually knowing what we're doing (laughs) that's what we we do all this for
0: (laughs) it's not all just bourbon and pirated code
1: (laughs) Now let's go around the room. All right, is AI gonna take your job?
0: Oof, we all got silent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can definitely see it improving things. I can see it making things better. I can see some applications. I liked what you mentioned earlier about doing the, having like the chat available specific to your organization. I think that's gonna be valuable, especially now that we're having like the, this uh, worker shortage. I don't think it's going to replace the the service that you get from a person, but I, I, I'm i going to, I'm going to lean towards replace. No, but help. Yeah. I think it's going to be a big help. Jonathan, what do you think?
3: I'm at the same. That's, that's what I've thought the whole time. It's just going to make our jobs easier. You, you know, you still have to know what you know. Like if you're like, if you are asking about PowerShell, you've got to understand PowerShell to be able to implement what it's recommending Mm-hmm. So, uh Tony?
1: Yeah, for sure. This generation, like I said, is just really a, a fancy interface to Google. But the next few generations coming up, I see them being very disruptive and, and work could start to look a lot different.
2: It would take chunk of my job. Maybe not, I wouldn't say over 50%, but it would improve what work I could do. I guess that's along the lines of it'll, it'll just make our jobs different. I don't see but I don't see it putting me unemployable or unemployed. I think if you have adaptability and you have the ability to and you continually learn and use new tools, I do not see AI taking your job.
1: Now, you know, we just got off a series talking about building a career in cybersecurity. Does AI change any of the information we gave? Would you give different advice? No.
2: Uh, if, if I remember What we were talking about, the key points we we came away from was always be learning, always be challenging yourself and being creative and those are things that I at least the creativity part and challenging itself are things that I don't see AI doing. It can always be learning but I don't know if it would challenge itself to be creative and think through things. I think it would be Focused entirely on the information it has available to it, as opposed to creating new solutions,
0: I'm the same. I, I think that uh, it's an it's a, another tool to have in the toolbox, and it's really handy to have. And the old old thing that we always say is always automate yourself out of a job because we we know it will never happen. basically the the low level stuff you're just trying to get off your plate so you can take care of the big bigger picture things. And I think this is just going to be another tool to help that out. So yeah, I, I, you still got to, you still got to put in your reps. You still got to, you know, put in the dedication and the time. I, I don't see it changing any of the advice that we gave earlier. No. What do you think, Jonathan?
3: Oh, no, not at all. Uh, it helps to stay on top of technology as it's changing, and that's just another tool that's going to be out there. I mean, we see, we've seen programming language how it's evolved over time and how it's become more natural. I see it being the same thing.
1: So once again, we're, we're giving the, the sort of boring non-hyperventilating answer. Stick to the <laughs> basics, do them well, and you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: AI pink uh, overblown. We just we uh, figured it out here. And no,
0: <laughs>
2: AI is not telling us what to say right now.
1: Hint, hint.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I, for one, welcome our new AI overlords and uh, look forward to working with them. <laughs> You'll note that I start my prompts with please.
3: guess i'm gonna go
2: and go live in the mountains (laughs) what is that c3po said no one ever worries about
0: upsetting a droid
2: (laughs) (laughs) well now start worrying about upsetting a droid
0: All right, everybody. Well, we've talked about uh, AI and I I hope you get a chance to get out there and play with some of the the AI tools that are available and excited to see what's coming in the future. But that is going to be it for this episode. I appreciate you sitting around and listening to us or driving around or whatever you're doing and listening to us. Uh, Until next time, I'm your host, Jason.
1: This has been Jonathan. And Tony.
0: See you later, robots.
1: (laughs) End of line.